Hugo Humbleton stared at an avalanche of paperwork. On any other day, this would not have bothered him, and on any other day, it would have been nothing more than what it was. Certainly not a portentous metaphor, but it was not any other day, so it was portentous. And he was bothered. He was bothered quite a lot. Good morning, Mr. Humbleton. Good morning, papers, said Hugo. It was best to humor paperwork this early in the day. When organized, it could become dangerous. Uh, no, sir, if you'll pardon me. The papers parted to make room for a youthful face, which seemingly belonged to the voice. Of course, the bellman. Hugo had forgotten about him. Good morning, is it? If you say so, um... Hugo searched for a name, but it was lost to the shuffle. Name's Tomald, sir, said Tomald, apparently. I'm new. Hugo scowled down at his desk. Another fresh face. At this point, Resort Giola's staff threatened to outnumber its guests, and more were on the way. This was all his fault, of course. He admitted he liked outsourcing to a fault, and if there was ever a day for outsourcing, it was today. I'll remember you eventually, um, Tomald, said Hugo, squinting at the boy's name tag. Maybe. Tomald looked cheerful and unconvinced. Great. That was enough of that. Now get me some coffee. The bellman saluted and bolted from the room. Before Hugo could rearrange the stacks of paperwork in a way that quietly stifled rebellion, however, Tomald stuck his head back into the office, eyes wide. Oh, and... Sir? Tomald didn't blink. He's done with the wine cellar. I think he's on his way here. Hugo's chair creaked with relish as it leaned back under the weight of a man and his many troubles. Thank you, Tomald, said Hugo. Better make that two coffees. One way or another, I'm going to need them. This was shaping up to be the most nerve-wracking festival for the God of Rocks in the history of Resort Giola. The fact that, strictly speaking, it was also the first festival for the God of Rocks in the history of Resort Giola clarified the point. So many things could go wrong, and in so many different ways. It wasn't just Hugo's job security on the line, chiefly in his mind though it remained. People were getting hurt. The mountain rocks saw to that. An occasional landslide could be brushed under the rug, but nowadays? Well, nobody wanted to be within a stone's throw of the stones. Mon Ober's reputation as a sleepy summer destination wouldn't hold up much longer if tourists kept turning up smushed. The mayor tried organizing peace negotiations, but they might as well have been talking to a wall. Sometimes, they literally were. What else were they to do, lowly humans as they were? The god of rocks was a busy deity. Prayers, offerings, and symbolic dances all failed to attract his attention. That's where the dreadful festival began. And that's when Hugo was promoted. And that's why... Well, that's why all the paperwork and the bellman. Rubbing the bureaucracy from his eyes, Hugo stumbled out of his crowded office and into the glimmering, gleaming lobby of Resort Giola. Strangers in hotel uniforms coordinated to hoist paper mache boulders up to the soaring ceiling, accented with party streamers in every shade of brown and gray imaginable. Beneath it all, the fountain at the lobby's center gurgled to the tune of a thousand pebbles placed by hand. Hugo polished a stray pillar of marble with his elbow. 
the place was looking presentable, at least. Good morning, human! The booming voice nearly did in Hugo's over-caffeinated heart once and for all. Good God! He wheezed, adjusting his tie reflexively. I do have a name, you know. Clint, the god of rocks, stood square in the middle of all the chaos, humans flowing around him like a skittish river. For all his boldness, he wore a simple, slate-gray tunic and muddy boots. There was a lightness and a gravity about him that was very human and not human at all. It made everyone a little nervous. Well, except for Stanwell. Good morning, sir. Stanwell's unchanging expression focused on Hugor, like the mechanical certainty of a camera. If you'll excuse us for a moment, we have some urgent correspondence to go over. Clint folded his arms. When is anything you have to say actually urgent? Everything I have to say is urgent, replied Stanwell. Which means none of it is, cried Clint, waving his arms and scattering the human river. I may be a god, but I can logic too, you know. Stanwell clicked his pin. Touche, sir. Shaking his head in amused frustration, Clint rose to his full height. Dear gods, was he not already at full height? And addressed whoever would listen. Humans, this is another human. You should like him. I call him Stanwell, Undersecretary of Rocks. Yes, um, we've, uh, met Mr. God of Rocks. Sir, put in Hugor, struggling to find the appropriate honorific. Your honor? He would try again later. Just Clint, corrected Stanwell, before ushering them into a hallway with significantly less bustle. Damn straight! Clint brushed by the topic without a second glance. What's the urgent business of the day, Stanwell? Something about fan mail? Prayers, Clint. Messages from the local humans, said Stanwell, unfolding a parcel of neatly folded envelopes. This wasn't in the agenda, but Hugo decided to fade into the background and interject his opinion only when strictly required. He snorted almost imperceptibly. Local humans, indeed. Every now and then, this Secretary of Rocks fellow made his hair stand on end. The first letter is from one Wilward Cogsprocket, Stanwell continued. It begins, Dear Mr. Honorable God of Rocks, I am writing to you because I am sure it was not on purpose, but you dropped a very large boulder on our house. My brother and I are now homeless and destitute, and we're wondering if you had a spare cave in which we could huddle until further notice and or the bank comes through on our loan. I am sure you are very busy and important, but if you could find the time to notice us, we would be eternally grateful. Worshipfully yours, Willward Cogsbrocket. P.S. Do you happen to know if our theological insurance covers heavenly boulder damage? The hallway was silent. All eyes trained on the god of rocks. Your reply? Asked Stanwell. Insurance? How the heck should I know? Demanded Clint. Ask the god of rapidly increasing premiums. Noted. Stanwell didn't miss a beat. He clicked his pin again. It annoyed Hugo. And the cave. Clint was picking a tuft of something from his shoulder. Oh, sure. Yeah, I know a guy. And... The boulder thing. It was an accident. He frowned, eyeing his secretary. They know that, right? I can include an addendum, said Stanwell. The dauntless Clint was back, and the tuft was gone. Good, good, 
things happen. Now go tell him the happy news. His prayers have been answered. By the time Stanwell had finished notating the exchange, the God of Rocks was already stomping back into the lobby, clapping his hands with impatience. That's enough mail for one day, he announced. We've got celebrating to do. Aroused from his stupor, Hugor hurried up beside the god with an erratic squeak of shoes. I'm glad you brought that up, sir. I I think people might be waiting on us. Clint wasn't listening. It seemed to be the day's theme. Actually, yes, people are definitely waiting on us. Hugor firmed up his tone. Including our driver. We weren't sure when you were going to get up this morning. Or if you were going to get up, he added silently. Oh! Clint finally strode to a halt. Is that a problem? Um, Hugor fumbled to a halt. He didn't exactly expect a response, and now the only recourse was to reply. Slight problem. Not a big problem, but yes, slight problem, yes. Clint frowned that same baffled frown from before, studying the teeming hotel as if seeing it for the first time. Stanwell clicked his pin in preparation. A large banner unfurled, reading, We are so into rocks today. Clint sighed. Fine. Breakfast in the car it is. Stanwell, make me some eggs. Human, go get my luggage. As the human in question, Hugo obeyed. The more Hugo attempted to sit professionally upright, the more he wobbled back and forth like a hapless croquet wicket. There was only so much room in the backseat of a motor car, and most of it was filled with Clint. Hugo stifled a sigh. To think pilgrims traveled a thousand miles to brush shoulders with the gods, and he was getting a cramp in his left thigh trying to do anything but. They seem happy, said Clint, idly staring out the window. Hugor followed his gaze. The quiet streets of Monover were clogged with supporters, well-wishers, and ordinary people who enjoyed a good parade now and then. Who could blame them? Music, balloons, magic, anyone who was anyone, and several who weren't but wished they were, marched down the cobblestone road in a grand procession that cast a long, long shadow on the financial responsibility of Monover. They are happy said Hugor, wobbling. They've been hard at work preparing all of this. He means the cobblestone, corrected Stanwell. Oh. Hugor twiddled his thumbs. Yep, they seem pretty content. A rock needs purpose, you know. And skeptical as I was, Mon Ober's not a bad place to find it. Gotta admit. Clint broke into a smile. Just listen to them. Now that he mentioned it, the constant clatter beneath the wheels had a certain enthusiasm to it. Perhaps it wasn't so different than the raucous applause pouring in from all directions. It suddenly occurred to Hugor that this festival was rather a big deal to more than just the humans. Beautiful, whispered Clint, eyes closed, head thumping against the headrest, a proud parent. Hugor decided to capitalize on this. The rocks and stones have seemed more... Animated, ever since your arrival, sir, he began in what he hoped was an unassuming manner. Of course they have, cried Clint, angry or amused or possibly hungry. It was so hard to tell. Hopefully a little more agreeable as well, Hugor put in nonchalantly. 
Agreeable how? Clint craned his neck and twisted his torso corkscrew fashion to eye Hugor, mere inches away. His nose scrunched up and his eyes narrowed. He seemed suspicious. Or had seasonal allergies. Damn it all, this was so hard. Oh, you know, replied Hugor. But it seemed Clint did not, so he went on. Happy. In a nice mood? Less temperamental, I suppose? Clint didn't move or say anything at all. That had to be a bad sign. Perhaps the topic was being approached too quickly. Stanwell clicked his pin repeatedly. The god of rocks obscured Hugo's entire view, but he could hear it, and it was alarming. This situation would take cautious diplomacy. But I'm not a rock scientist, said Hugo. Stupidly obvious, cried Clint, clapping his hands. I love it. Hugo let out a breath, and Clint resumed throwing fistfuls of prizes into the jubilant crowds. Rock candies, rock-shaped balloons, and rocks. Several dozen attendees ducked for cover while an old man on the sidelines went home with a rare sapphire, and not, as Hugo feared, a concussion. Clint absentmindedly handed Hugo a handful of precious gems, which he discreetly stuffed under his seat cushion. So what's all the hubbub about this surprise I'm told is waiting for us at Town Square? Asked Clint, scooping up another volley. I'm an impatient god, at least you can give me a hint. Oh, that. Hugo laughed with nervous energy. Well, all I can tell you, sir, is that our city stonemasons have quite the marvel to unveil. Months in the making, but, well, we hope you'll be pleased with it. We'll see, we'll see. So far, I'm intrigued. Clint stroked his chin, an eager curiosity spreading across his face. You know, sometimes I like my job. Hugo wished he could say the same. <laughs> Mayor Alberton was the most honest man in Monover, and as the mayor surveyed the teeming crowd of friends, family, and co-workers, making the occasional off-mic zinger to the god of rock standing at his side, that fact troubled Hugo deeply. Hello! exclaimed the mayor. This was very exciting. The crowd went wild as he fiddled with the microphone, battling valiantly with its various squeaks and pops. Ah well, said Mayor Alberton giving up. Welcome. For those from out of town, I am Mayor Alberton, Mayor of Mon Ober. It is with great pleasure that I welcome you all to Mon Ober's very first festival for the God of Rocks. Thank you for helping to make lots of noise and stand around in the sun for an uncomfortable amount of time. He had the crowd eating out of his hand. Now, before I pull the tarp off this very large object behind me, I have a few other acknowledgments. Most importantly, our cherished and honored guest, Clint, the god of rocks himself. All at once, the town square erupted with applause. There were shouts of, welcome, Clint, and we're so into rocks, along with a happy birthday or two in the general confusion. Hugo stood on the tips of his toes to catch a glance of Clint, who actually seemed to be embarrassed, if that were possible. One might say that this event would be kind of useless and stupid without him, suggested Mayor Alberton, and I would totally back that up. 
Hugor couldn't tell if the round of applause was fresh or left over from the God of Rock's introduction. Either way, the mayor pressed on. But there are some other, less important acknowledgements to make as well, such as Leslie, the God of Festivals, Stuart, the God of Speeches, Edgar, the God of Mayors, Daniel, the God of Midmorning, Peter, the God of Dramatic Pauses, Lauren, the God of Procrastination, Keisha, the God of Catering. As the mayor approached what looked to be the halfway mark of his list, Hugor took the opportunity to lean over and whisper into Clint's ear. I really do think you're going to like this, sir. It's something special. Clint kept his eyes trained on the centerpiece, an enormous, lumpy object shrouded by an enormous, lumpy cloth. Hmm, I'm looking forward to it. And Mike, the sound man, concluded the mayor. No problem, said Mike. Okay, said Mayor Alberton. I am now going to tug very hard on the sheet and hope that it comes off. He did, and it did. After a dramatic swish and a collective gasp, the entire town of Mon Ober found itself looking at a towering granite statue, chiseled into the remarkable visage of Clint, the god of rocks. It smiled benevolently down at the crowd, so lifelike that Hugor felt himself instinctively checking to see if the real Clint was still human-sized. The assembly fell into a hush, all eyes gauging the god for his reaction. When Clint finally spoke, the lightness was gone. It was all gravity. What is this? The crowd hushed even more so, painfully quiet as they strained to hear his words. Hugor, however, heard him the first time. What is this? Clint bellowed into the face of his doppelganger. Before Hugor, Mayor Alberton, or the entire town of Mont Ober could think of a response, the God of Rocks whirled around to meet the hundreds of eyes all around him. I'll tell you what it is. It's blasphemy, dammit. You think you can take my subjects, the very stones I command, and give them the form of their god? And that's okay? His words shook the ground, or perhaps the ground merely trembled on its own accord. Hugor certainly did, for his part. But then it was unmistakable. The statue itself was shaking, then cracking, and then... It's not! roared Clint. Okay! Like a thunderclap from the earth, the statue smashed apart into a thousand pieces, showering the town square in an avalanche of granite limbs and facial features. Hugor stood frozen in what he later identified as abject terror, while the people of Mont Ober ran screaming for their lives. The only coherent thought running through his mind, blaring like sirens, was the repeated phrase, portentous metaphor. This is a disgrace, ranted Clint, pacing the podium, heedless of the panic. A disgrace born of ignorance and insolence. We are higher beings, you idiots. None may possess our sacred forms, but... The god of rocks trailed off, eyes flickering as they tracked hundreds of fleeing humans, all arms and legs and eyes. He stumbled. If there was any holy rage left in Clint's lungs, it escaped with the final whisper. But us.
The night grew stale. Perfunctory fireworks sizzled in the sky, but everyone else went home. Somewhere, a lonely stonemason brushed the crumbles of his career into a dustbin. The lights of the Hotel Giola bar dimmed low, casting shadows on the circles under the eyes of Hugo Humbleton. Those bottles are a bellman's salary per head, he mumbled to no one in particular. Would you care to inform him of that? Answered no one in particular, or, in this case, Stanwell. The god of rocks hunched dejectedly over a low table, downing glass after glass of dark red wine. He hadn't moved in hours. Legend had it that a hundred hundred drinks could not impair the mind of a god, but Clint seemed to be doing just fine. I'm going to talk to him, said Hugor. Stanwell reached for his pin, finger already in mid-click. Perhaps I can take a message for... Hugor was already there. Would you mind switching to beer? He asked, sliding a mug across the table. Clint didn't look up. I hate beer. A chair scraped across the wooden floor as Hugor lowered himself tentatively into the seat. He exhaled. Nothing for it. He took a swig of the beer for himself. I have an apology to make, he said. It won't help. Clint didn't even hesitate. You can't just apologize for blasphemy. You blasphemed. All of you blasphemed me. Hugor shook his head. It's not about that. Yes, that was a mistake. But my apology pertains to the root cause of that mistake. I've only just now realized. Clint didn't answer, but neither did he down another glass. He contented to watch Hugor from the corner of his eye. I wasn't honest with you, Hugor forced out with what dignity he could spare. My mistake was... Well, I was afraid of you. Afraid of you all, up in the starscape. Too afraid to simply speak my mind, so instead we settled for flattery and bribes. Not proud to say it, but that's the truth. Hugor swallowed. Well, the beer mug was empty now. He could see the Hotel Giola logo shining at the bottom. A funny place to finally find courage. Clint went back to staring at his knuckles, so Hugor filled in the silence. The hills, your hills, haven't been happy lately. We don't know why, and honestly, we don't much care. They've been blocking roads, destroying houses, killing families. Well now, that was a hard one. Hugor's matter-of-fact voice quivered with emotion, something he usually kept filed with the paperwork. He took a breath and continued. We didn't know what to do, so we prayed. We sent petitions. We asked, begged, pleaded for you to come, to help, or just, well, do something. Hugor felt like shouting, but he found himself a hair from whispering. But you didn't. Not one damn thing. No reaction. Clint didn't move a hair. You know what got you to act? What finally roused you from your world? Hugor peered around the ramshackle collection of wine bottles trying to see Clint's face. A stupid, expensive, useless festival. That's what got your attention. Not the suffering, not the chaos, or the sincere pleas for help. But some fireworks. Hugor was breathing hard. He had never spoken to a superior this way, let alone a superior being. But it felt right. And that's the truth, he finished. We are angry, we are hurt, 
and we need your help. The old bar settled in its wooden frame as the ceiling fan spun its slow arc. The ice in Hugor's drink clinked to the bottom, melting into itself. Everything felt said and done, and still Clint hunched in his seat. When at last he spoke, eyes still downcast, his voice was low and distant. I'll fix it, he said. Then he planted both hands on the table and rose to his feet with a creak of floorboards and the crack of his spine. He loomed over Hugor and met his eyes for the first time since that terrible moment of blasphemy. But you're wrong. Your mistake isn't fearing us, said the god of rocks. It's not fearing us enough. Then he left. The door slammed behind him. An avalanche of bottles tumbling from their shelves and scattering on the stone floor. A portentous metaphor.